Welcome to Clairecast number 46. You're listening to Clairvoyant Jette Hartimer from Copenhagen. My guest today is one of England's finest mediums, Billy Cook. Welcome. Good morning. Will you please tell me a little about your history or background? Well, after so many years, I think I'm beginning to forget about the old years. But I was born into a working class family. My mother was um, a lady who used to read tea leaves. So growing up as a child, I was very much aware, not of the spirit world, but of the psychic abilities of people. And in fact, my mother was quite well known where we lived. It was a very working class area by the docks just outside of London. And everyone used to come along to see her. And in fact, I knew everyone was pregnant before even their husbands were, because my mother had an ability to be able to tell people that they was pregnant or not. So growing up in a very poor family, my father was a sailor, the South of the Seven Seas, a career that I pursued later on. But I was always aware of the spirit world as a child. Um, as we know, most children have an ability because what they see is what they say and uh, they have no fears. But I was very much aware. To me, though, it wasn't the spirit world. I thought I just saw a ghost. My mum used to say to me, don't tell anyone, people think you're silly. So we grew up with this knowledge, her knowing, some members of the family knew and always knew that Billy will be able to tell them things. But growing up in a normal, I was a rough, tough little boy, growing up in a rough, tough little society, making my way in the world. And one of the saddest things in my life was when my mother died when I was 14. That is when I actually begin to understand the spirit world. I was a little horror because I missed my mother very much and wouldn't participate in any of the, should we say, the family gatherings. And no one was going to take the place of my mum, like my older sister tried to. One day they had gone out to see a show in London at the London Palladium with an old comedian called Jerry Lewis. And I wouldn't go. Around about 12 o'clock, I was making a pot of tea for them, because I wasn't really that bad, and waiting for them to return home. And there I saw my mother sitting there. And I just said simply to her, oh, would you like a cup of tea? And then I come to my senses as I thought and said, oh my God, you're bloody dead. And I run out into the street, into the arms of my sister who was coming along the street. And when I told her what had happened, she said to me, don't be silly, your mother won't hurt you. She's come back to say hello because she loves you. And that has been the basis of my mediumship ever since. The ties of love can never be broken. After that, I left school. I had great hopes of being a journalist. I still love newspapers and the written word. Um, but then I didn't want to study. So I went away to sea and I sailed the seven seas myself like my father. In doing so, had some great, wonderful psychic and spiritual experiences. 
but not recognizing or realizing what I was doing. To me, it was a progress moving on. Met some wonderful friends. Um, one a guy called Laurie Lee, um, who was absolutely wonderful. His, his aunt was a, a very well-known trance medium um, where a big red Indian used to come through and speak. Laurie showed me many things, um, how to sit for the spirit world and do different things. And life progressed. I saw some wonderful things, which you can actually read in my book, which will be coming out very soon, about some of my wonderful experiences that we had. And then as the years progressed, I traveled to every part of the world, being aware, as I said, of ghosts or psychic spiritual things, having no real understanding, but knowing that there was life after death. And then I was in America in Houston. My young sister Marlene died. And I was devastated because we was very close. So I flew home and I only got to the funeral 15 minutes before they buried her because of delay on the planes. And I wanted to say goodbye to her properly. Then began my investigation into the so-called spirit world. For Marlene was always very interested and I knew that she would come back if it was possible to say hello. So then began this quest, searching for evidence of the spirit world. Many people wanted to tell my fortune for me. I never did and still don't have any interest in that for me. I feel that I'm quite capable of living my own life and I don't need anyone to tell me how to do that. But I wanted to know that she was okay and was with my mother. So I started to go to demonstrations and I never really got that actual evidence that I was looking for until I met a young girl from Wales and she worked in a shoe shop and we used to pretend to buy the shoes and she'd put the shoes on and be giving me a message at the same time. And she gave me the most incredible evidence of life in the spirit world. And I knew from that day, I wanted to find out more. Then began the quest once again of circles, investigating. And we are very lucky in the UK because we have spiritual churches and there's one in every small town. So we have plenty of opportunities uh, to investigate and find out things. And I'd bought a hotel in Blackpool and... Um, with the money I'd saved up from being on the ships. And it was a, a great time for me. It was a time of new discovery, beginning to find out things, not only about the spirit world, but about myself. And I could feel the changes um, beginning to happen in for me. I was beginning to question who I am, what I am, what am I doing here? All those types of things. And then one day, We'd been to see the fabulous Miss Shirley Bassey, who I adored. And when we come back, my friend Steve and I were just sitting there. And all of a sudden, I started crying, sobbing uncontrollably. He said, what on earth's the matter? I said, I feel so lonely. He said, but you can't be. You've got so many friends around you. I was always at the circle of a great crowd of friends. 
But I said, I just don't know what it is. Now I do. It was my soul. It was my own spirit crying out for recognition. I'd played around. I'd enjoyed my life. Now I was beginning to be prepared to work for the spirit world. So I wanted to sell the hotel. And I did. This little girl, the Welsh girl, she'd already told me that I was going to sell it, but I didn't believe her. Um, although she'd give me wonderful evidence of my sister and my family. So I sold the hotel. I said to Steve, I'm going down to Torquay and just have a quiet break. And then when I was in Torquay, I was standing on the seafront and all of a sudden I could hear this voice. I thought I was going crazy. This is where you are supposed to be. You've had your fun. Now's the time to work. It was so strong. I went back to Blackpool, where the hotel was. I cancelled all things that was going on there to do with work. And that was on a Wednesday. On the Saturday, I was living in Torquay. And then I'd remembered that this little girl had said to me, one day you'll be going to Devon. Torquay is in Devon. It is the county. But the day before I went, Steve said to me, there's a wonderful medium called Patrick. You must go and see him before you go. So I went to Patrick. Well, my mind was blown away. He told me about going to Torquay. He knew nothing about it. He told me about my loved ones in the spirit world. It was amazing. He asked me if I knew about theatres. I knew people that worked in the industry. And now, as the years have progressed, I've worked in theatres all around the country. And he told me the names of the people that I would sit in a circle with, that I would work for spirit world. I thought he was crazy. No idea what was going to happen to me. But... He told me the Torquay place for me. So down I went. And from there, within one week, I'd found a restaurant, a small cafe. Exactly as the Welsh girl has described it. I went in. It was taken no money. I bought it. A couple of weeks, we'd redecorated it. And it became an overnight success. Then one day, just after opening, a guy called Roy Aker and his mother come into my, my cafe. And just out of chance, they said, have you been to the spiritualist church here? I said, no, not yet. Come with us. So I went on the Saturday. I saw a wonderful Scottish medium called Agnes Porter. And I thought, she's mental. She's crazy. She was doing flower readings. I thought she was off her head. But I was drawn back on the Sunday and she was talking to God, the God that I believed in, the God that loves everyone regardless of race, colour, creed or religion or sexuality, a God there of the people for the people, as we would say, not because I believe in a certain thing, because I had life, because I had spirit. No one was excluded. It was a God that embraced all mankind. And I thought, this is the God I've prayed to since I was a child. 
not these religious gods, because I find that nothing hides or masks the face of God more than religion. For I believe that religion is man-made, and God couldn't care less the way that we pray. It's what we do with our lives that's the most important. And that is where my life changed. After seeing that service, I was drawn to a notice on the board, and it said, Circle. Anyone wanted to join a circle, apply here. Within a week, I was sitting in a circle. I had no idea what I was doing. And the leader, a lovely lady called Betty Reeves, she said to me, are you interested in the spirit world? Uh, 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 yeah, I suppose I am. I, I didn't know what I was saying. But I was cheeky even then. And I said to her, do you believe in God? Because I'd heard about all these strange cults and things. And I didn't know what I was letting myself in for. And she said, don't be so stupid. Sit there. You'll be there for the next couple of years. And that was the beginning of my spiritual education. Week in, week out. Every day. Every week, I should say. We sat there for three hours every Monday evening. And learned to unfold and develop those spiritual gifts that we had. Our little group of seven people, still friends today, unfortunately two of them have died, but we grew up together in spiritual terms. That was the real beginning. We learnt everything we possibly could about all aspects of mediumship, psychic abilities, what it was, anything to do with the spirit world, that lady imparted her wonderful knowledge to us. That's when we started to go to Stansted College and learn there as well on these week's courses with some of the most wonderful mediums in the world at that time. And then it all began. Slowly, slowly, gently, just taking time. It was so frustrating because once I'd started this pathway, there was no turning back. It's what I wanted to do. And of course, the Kathy was taken second choice then. I had to move on. So I sold the Kathy and then began my work for the spirit world full time. Lucky enough, it took me or has taken me all around the world. I've been so privileged to be able to become an ambassador for the spirit world, as I call it. And it was a wonderful, wonderful experiences that we would have. So that was just my life from then up to now in a nutshell. And and one of those opportunities that come for me was working here in Denmark, which I've embraced wholly. And thank God, they seem to like me here as well. Why did you come to Denmark? When I was beginning my pathway in the UK, I started off going to serve in the spiritual churches. I began to become well-known, hopefully for my work. Um, and I said once to a medium here in Denmark um, who wanted to be famous, I said, I'm sorry, but you can't become famous for being a medium. But your work can make you famous or well-known if people like your work. 
It's a very different thing. So that's what happened in the UK through the work. More invitations come. And I started to work for the Spiritual Association of Great Britain, which is called the SAGB. And they invited me to work there. Uh, since then, I've become one of their senior teachers and lecturers. Um, been there for many years now. And we see people from all around the world. And one day I had a guy called Finn Hansen from Herning, um, who works or ran the uh, Paranormal Society there. And he said to me after having a reading, would you like to come and work in Denmark? I said, yes, but we get invitations to go places all the time and thought no more of it. When I went home after my week in London, because I live in Torquay still, down in Devon, um, the lady that used to look after my little dog for me, she said, there's this Danish man been on the telephone asking for you. So I contacted him and I was invited to go to Herning, uh, which I did. Um, and for a couple of years I was going there. I met Bettina Thurkinson from the Lucid House in um, Aarhus, which still are, we've become wonderful friends. And Bettina does help me with a lot of my work in in Jutland. And from there, it led on to other things. And then um, Thomas Reinhoff, um, Bettina knew him and he asked her, did she know any mediums that would appear on television? And she put my name forward. Um, then I came and did the... Um, the pilots shoot for the program classroom and from that people liked it the, the ones in charge of Zulu and um, they um, commissioned the program the series that we did which apparently was well received here in Denmark um, but it was ever so strange because you get these weird people offering you things all the time and I'd been disappointed because, as you know, the media are so negative about the spiritual work. And television I'd done back home and radio, um, it had been very negative in the UK. And even now, um, when they show programs to do with mediumship, it's always on the end of it for entertainment purposes only. And it's absolutely ridiculous. They seem to think that we're all stupid, filling these churches every week, and they're not. I find it amazing. So when Thomas rang me, and I was doing a workshop at that moment called The Power of the Spirit, and he was actually doing a program called The Power of the Spirit at the time. Then when he told me that the program, um, the channel was Zulu, well, I thought, hmm, one of my helpers is a Zulu. It was all beginning to fall into place. My helpers from the spirit would have told me that one day this would happen. So after doing class, and it was just amazing. Um, people from all over Denmark wanted to let me, would ask me to go there to do interviews, um, to do demonstrations. It was just like a rocket going to the moon. It just went, wow. 
Um, then I met Yetta Hansen, who um, took over the organising for me here in in um, in Copenhagen. Unfortunately, she's gone on to do other things now. And the Rennie Thomason, the one that is um, the guy that's organising the new um, spiritual festival, the Copenhagen Fist Spiritual Festival in um, April. He's now taken over doing all my um, organisation. But we travelled all around, demonstrations, workshops. But one thing people kept asking me all the time is, how can we learn about hymnship? And I didn't realise up till then that although there was plenty of clairvoyant schools here, there wasn't actually a mediumship school. So people kept asking me and asking me, can you teach? I did the workshops and, oh, can we do more? Can we do more? So I decided then, uh, with the help of friends, to um, open up the English School of Mediumship. And from there, that led on to students now um, going on and doing things, hopefully taking that mediumship even further. Of course, as some people know, Maya Frieda and, and Luna Hertz, two of the greatest um, clairvoyants in Denmark, was students of ours as well, which I'm very proud of, that they're taking that word of spirit even further to help other people fulfill and unfold their spiritual potential also. So that's how I come to be in Denmark. I must say, I love it. I think I must have been a Viking in a previous life, if you believe in reincarnation, that is. Do you believe it? No. I do believe in some type of reincarnation. For me, is not the way it's portrayed. Um, when we see all these different Napoleons and um, queens and harem dancers, to me, I believe that when we pass over to the spirit world, we gradually evolve and we move on, and then back to group soul. And then when part of that group soul, it's like the, the beach, these little grains of sand that make up the whole, are incarnated, then they take the knowledge of different people. So when we are born, we incarnate as another soul. We take some of that knowledge with us, which may think we have lived before, where we can't because we're individuals. The soul and the spirit move on, but the physical body stays behind. Do you think we all have a purpose in life? Yes. And what is it? To live. Many people man's mind is so complicated and we all feel that we're here for a special reason but we're all different which is so wonderful how boring it would be if we was all the same it's the same in spiritual terms we all believe in life after death but we all have many very different um, hobbies or ways of pathways that we wish to choose to go along um, I'm really only interested in life after death as such, although other things come forward for me. But this purpose of life, I believe that 
we know that we're going to be born and we know which body we're going to inhabit and i believe that before we come here we choose a lifestyle that will enable us to grow and learn some type of lessons what those lessons are very different and very varied but i feel that it's to live life to the full in a caring compassionate and loving a caring way it sounds very glib but i feel that we're human beings we will make mistakes and we shouldn't try to live too spiritual life with our head in the clouds singing hallelujah 24 hours a day wearing laura ashley frocks and jesus sandals no that's not life so if you like a drink that doesn't mean to say god's going to forsake you if you like too much sex god is not caring who you sleep with when you sleep with them how many children you have or how many partners you have he couldn't care if you sleep with a same sex partner or not it's how you live your life and the reason that we live this life is evolving and moving on and growing it's too glib to say a spiritual person i would say a nice person a good person a caring person that's what's most important and it's difficult sometimes some people are horrible and we can't help but dislike them but as a spiritual or caring person we get to know ourselves first and that's what people do not do like when we do our school we work on ourselves first how on earth if you come to me as a student can i let you loose on the public trying to help them if you are completely messed up yourself so you have to work on yourself right it's your pathway we are individuals we must it's it should be a selfish but selfless way of life because we have to think of self and our own growth but in doing so we must be aware of the impact our words our thoughts our ideas will have on other people so it is a caring way but the first thing as we become aware in this life is the conscience we have to be the conscience awakes we begin to understand that we do do silly and dull things we start to care for people i usually use the term is before i become spiritually aware um i used to just used to walk to, through the park to get to the other side quickly now i'm aware of what's in the park i look at the flowers the people what's going on around me and that's life live it to the full like a van gogh painting full of color enjoy it and for those people that smoke enjoy a cigarette if you do and if you want to be a vegetarian do so but just because you like a nice steak and chips doesn't mean to say once again that the spirit world will say no you are who you are you become what you think and let's think together and get reality back into spirituality let's get real lives to be lived a brotherhood of man a companionship of friends that believe in life after death but also believe in life before death you called yourself an 
ambassador for the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see your job as a calling? I didn't at one time. Um, when I first started doing this work, I thought to myself, how naive of me to think this way, was, oh, if I can do it, everyone can do it, or anyone can do it. I believe that everyone has an ability. What that ability, Where that ability may lead you to, who knows? It's like being Chopin. Some may go on to play wonderful music. Others may just play with two fingers. But if you bring happiness to someone, does it matter? And I feel that when I first began, and I still do, that everyone has this ability, but to go on to do what I do and certain other mediums do, where we go to perhaps theatres and speak to many people and take it on to a different level. Uh, And I don't mean that in a glib or patronising way. I mean, it's just that we've been given the chances to be able to work with more people in some way. Then I feel that is a calling. Um, It's, I call, prophets of the new age. Um, It's like we're taking, like the gurus did in in India, like in the days of Jesus, um, where there were so many spiritual men going out, taking the word of God. And that's simply what we're doing now, is we're taking out the word of God, not in a religious term, but in saying that there is life after death. And once we take away that fear factor, the last fear factor, death, which frightens so many people, then we've taken away the shackles that hold mankind back. So we can go forward in that wonderful magical word, freedom. And I feel that that is a calling for certain mediums. Hopefully I'm amongst them. Um, Perhaps some people may not agree with that. They may think that um, I should be called back because um, I work with fun on my website. Um, I always say... um, I work with sense of humour and have fun with the spirit world, but I very much respect them. But those people we talk about earlier on that take life too serious and their spirituality too serious, they think we mustn't laugh. They think we can't have fun with the spirit world. But that's how the spirit world comes back when we give a message. I remember once on Clarkson um, doing a message for a man in ours in the Lucent House, which they filmed. And the mannerisms and the personality of his mother come back. And he, his face was a beautiful picture. And his eyes were wide open. He said, that's my ma. <laughs> and it, it, that's how it should be. Because they come back with their personalities. And they're fun. They're a joy. Exactly as they were when they were here. They come to say, look at me. I'm alive. Not, oh, I'm dead. And it's, it's, it's such a wonderful joy. So... It is a, a wonderful feeling, calling, to be able to do that. And I'm very proud that I have been chosen, which I feel I have, because I do come from a sceptic background also, um, in the way that I have to have things proven to me. 
And because of the wonderful evidence that I've had over the years, I wholly and fully believe in the world of spirit now. I still sometimes doubt people's, um, should we say, abilities when they say they can do this or do that. I'm very wary of that. And I still like people to give me pure evidence. But calling, I think certain people are called a vocation, yes. For other people, it's a desire. Is the job you have something to wish for? Um, ooh, a very difficult question. I would say yes and no. And I can only speak for myself. If I hadn't lived the life that I had lived, sailing the seven seas, when I did, I drank. In those days I smoked. I took a bit of drugs. I lived life to the full. I didn't know who I was sleeping with. Some people say, oh, you shouldn't say things like that. Why not? It was true. And I lived life as we said to the full if I hadn't did that I don't think I could be doing the work that I'm doing now and I feel when I look back over my life there was a, a meaning to it all everything now seems to make sense and I put into place some wonderful friendships that have lasted to this very day but because of the nature of what I do and when I decided to do it full time, once you start traveling, it can become very lonely. People say, oh, you must have a glamorous life going to these different countries. Glamorous, queuing three hours at Heathrow Airport with security, sat in a hotel room, doing nothing, watching CNN, until I go to the theater or the demonstration and then back to the hotel room again. You're not there long enough to make any friendships. And it's very, very difficult. People say, oh, but it's glamorous. No, it's not. It's joy. It's fulfilling. It's happiness. But I've cried many tears for feeling lonely. Um but it stops you sometimes having a relationship um, because your partner's left at home and especially if they're not spiritually aware a friend of mine has been married three times and one of his wives said to him when he was meditating oh are you talking to God again so it's hard it's difficult and I found it very hard for relationships um, that's why I had a dog um, he was easy to talk to. But unfortunately, he's in the spirit world now. And I miss him more than I have any partner. But it is a lonely life. It is a lonely pathway. And it is a big responsibility. When I stand there in front of someone or in a private reading, and I'm giving someone evidence of the loved ones in spirit, I'm very much aware of the responsibility that I have. I have within that message the ability to change people's lives for better or worse. 
That's why education is so important when you are developing your spiritual skills. Very important. And that you are ready and understand the complex situations that people come to you with. Although we give the evidence of life after death, I've had many people come to me where their fathers have abused them sexually and physically. I've had people that have been murderers. People have taken life. It's, it's unbelievable. And you are not there to judge. You are there as an ambassador for the spirit world. And God didn't judge. And you're working with that God energy, spiritual energy. And if you are linked into that correctly, you will sit there for that person and you won't judge. It's so hard. I was working in Germany recently and a lady come for a reading. And while this reading was coming through, her first husband was in the spirit world and explaining there was problems with her son. And as I carried on with the reading, it turned out that he'd been sexually assaulted by her second husband who was in the room downstairs waiting for her to finish the reading. The young girl who was translating for me was in tears because it was a horrific story. I had to keep balance and non-judgmental. She said to me afterwards, how on earth could you give a reading to that woman? Because she knew all about it and she stood by the second husband as it's not my job to judge. Now that I've finished doing the reading, I would like nothing more to go down there and hit him. I said, but I can't because I have to be impartial. Whoever sits in front of me, I'm working with that wonderful energy and I'm not to judge. And that is why, that, as we say, the education is important. Because you will get situations which will horrify you. And it's unbelievable what people's life sometimes contain. And that's why when I look back at my own life, I just realize how lucky I've been when I hear some of these horrible stories. But that's the great thing about doing this work. When you see that smile come to people's faces, when you've helped them along their pathway, when you reunite them with their loved ones in the spirit world, and to see that joy of spirit, it's the greatest privilege I've ever known. And when people come to me for the first time, they're usually like, uh, a little bird with a broken wing. And then when that wing's mended, they fly away and you never see them again. And you know you've done your work. That's the thrill, the joy of doing the work as a medium. Are there times when, when you wish you did something else? Um, no, not really now. As I said earlier on, when I'd lived my life to the full and I knew once I started doing this uh, I um, had to dedicate my life to it it's dedication uh, discipline all those things 
Um, there are times when I'm tired of travelling, yes. And because um, I'm getting old now, um, I'm 62. And um, people say, when are you going to retire? Probably when I'm dead. Um, I'll probably die giving a message to someone and become a message myself immediately. Um, but no, I don't wish... Sometimes I think I wish I'd done it earlier, but then I realised because of the person that I am, I couldn't have done. Um, so there are times when I get fed up, um, not with helping people, but it's usually to do with the travelling and being away from home and things like that. But then you give a message to someone, you do a great demonstration, and that all passes and it all change. And people are so kind. Regardless what country you're in, um, love is the same word everywhere. And people usually give me a lot of love, a lot of help um, when I'm working with them. But in saying that, that is the one thing a developing medium has to understand. When you do a demonstration, you go out there to the public you have to embrace the whole of the audience, lift up their spirits, and hopefully they'll all go home happy, cheerful, because you've uplifted them. You go home alone. That is the sad thing about that. And it's those times then you think, mm. because one thing you also have to learn is, don't expect thanks. Because you should be thankful enough that you've been allowed to do this special job. Have you ever been in that situation where you had to do a, a demonstration and you got no message? N yes and no. <laughs> um, when I was first developing and I was doing around the spiritual churches because there used to be a wonderful medium called Gordon Higginson, that was the president of the Spiritual National Union. He was head of Stansted College. And I'd done a demonstration with him when I was a student once. And he said, very good, in three years' time, be better. Ten years' time, um, should be a lot better. Twenty years' time, you may have something to say. I thought, you jealous old person. But I now realise he's correct. For all the training that you do, It is not until you stand up in front of an audience and say, I have your mother here, or whoever it may be, that your mediumship begins. So my mediumship was just beginning. And I was in a church in Western Supermare. And the first message, oh, the second, oh. And I just, it threw me because I didn't have the experience. So I said, oh, I have nothing. So I sat down. Everyone's looking round. And the the man that played the organ in the church, he said, oh, at least we've got someone with a bit of sense. At least he speaks the truth. <laughs> so I thought, oh my God, I was devastated. My gift has gone. Oh, it's gone. I'm going to go back to the cafe. And I went round to um, a local church and uh, I was talking to a medium there. And uh, he said, oh, it'd be all right. That happens to lots of people. 
When I went back to Stansted, I saw Gordon Higgins and I told him, he said, don't be so stupid, young man. He said, if you lose your link to the spirit, you go on the psychic level until the spirit comes back. The spirit is always there. It's just you, lack of experience, unable to communicate with them. And gradually, now, I have complete trust, complete faith. They don't let me down. I let them down occasionally, but they don't let me down. So it's just a matter. Sometimes when you're demonstrating, it's like touching heaven. It's magic. Other times, it's like pulling teeth. For there's many aspects to mediumship. Um, you're only as good as your last message. And it depends who you're communicating with. So if I've got someone in the spirit world that was not articulate, could not speak very well, uh, or was very shy and wouldn't talk very much, that's the way they're going to come through. And it makes my job more difficult. If I've got someone that's good fun, up for it and can talk, and then it makes it much easier. So it depends on the individual who's coming through to communicate. So there's many different aspects of that mediumship as well. But they don't let me down. Could you please tell me the difference between a clairvoyant and a medium? The clairvoyant in, in Denmark is used very differently in the UK. Um, a clairvoyant in, in the English terms means to see the spirit clearly from the French term and a medium could be clairvoyant clairsentience to see the spirit or clairaudient to hear the spirit I work on all three faculties if it's a good night it's all working I see, I can sense, I can hear but in the Danish terms usually they mean clairvoyant in a psychic ability where they tell people about their lives and what's going on. And so we call that psychic back home. So someone will advertise themselves as a psychic. If you advertise yourself as a medium, the difference is a medium gives evidence of the spirit world. And they will link in mind-to-mind mediumship with the mind of a spirit person that will give them evidence of life after death, evidence who they was, where they're from, the, their dress, where they lived, the families, the names, jobs, uh, memories of what they did in their lives. A psychic doesn't have that ability or sometimes don't recognize or don't want that ability. They're quite happy um telling people what's happened in their lives and what can happen, what should happen and where they should go. Uh, most mediums have that ability as well. And I work with both um, because some people don't want to hear about the spirit world. Um, they know about it. They've had their evidence. And they sometimes want a little bit of help in their own life. And I'm prepared to do that for them as well. So the difference between it really is One gives evidence of life after death. The other one to talk about you in the here and now.
when people come to you for a sitting or reading mm-hmm. uh, and they want to come in contact with some loved ones right. who had uh, passed away, can you always get the connection? Can you reach out for a message? Or Usually. It doesn't always work. Um, when I say that, there's different reasons. If someone comes to me for a private reading, you see, I believe that the way that the spirit world works is they come because of you, not me. I can't contact anyone. But your thoughts of your loved ones you send up to the spirit world, um, they will draw closer to you. And then when they come close, I will pick up on those vibrations, that energy as they come close to me, and they send thoughts to my mind that I will work on. Um, But I would say 99 times out of 100, it works. It will be times um, it doesn't work. When we work at the SAGB in London, um, we have 10 minutes at the beginning of the reading. And if it's not working right, we take them back. Same here in the in Denmark. If it's not working, um, I just say so. I'm sorry, I just can't get anything for you. People say, oh, is it me? Not necessarily. Um, it could be many things. Um, people say you have to be... It can be an attitude sometimes with people. If they're sitting there with their arms crossed and you don't want them to tell you anything, but they can be very rude. Yes, no, yes, no. Um, and, or they haven't come for a reason. What's the point of going to a medium if you haven't got a reason for going? I can't see the sense in it if they don't want to contact their loved ones. So sometimes people come to me and I say, um, why are you here? They say, oh, satisfy my curiosity. Well, I'm not there for that. I'm there to help people. Um, if they want to satisfy their curiosity, go to demonstrations, workshops and find out. But when people come for a reading, is hopefully they've come to contact someone. Usually when it doesn't work, is that they, they don't really want to contact anyone. Um, that's usually the main reason. Or sometimes... Remember, the spirit world have the choice as well. They may not like me. And if they don't want to use me, they won't. So there's that side to it as well. As I said, there's many different reasons. Um, I may not be feeling well that day, so I can't give them my best. Or they may not be giving anything at all in love. The words I used earlier on, is to, the love that binds the two worlds together. And if you haven't got much love, then... Perhaps no one wants to come and say hello to you. But in saying that, I'm joking. Because there is always someone that loves you from the spirit world. So it works in many, many different ways. But hopefully um, there'll be a medium for you, as we say back home. There's always some medium that will be able to work with you. So I say to people, if it doesn't work on one occasion, go to another medium. And hopefully they'll be able to get what you want. But a lot of people only want one person. And I found out over the years that especially if we've lost a child, a mother, a father, a grandparent may come first. And then through their energy, they bring the child or whoever you're looking forward for to see. 
on their energy too. So it works in those ways as well. When we're not here anymore in the physical world oh. and we live for the spirit world, what are we doing there? What do you think we do? Many people seem to think that that we continue. How can you if you don't have a body? It's either been burnt or it's been put into the the ground. It is the mind and the spirit that moves on. And the spirit world is energy. It's here and now, world within worlds. Some people seem to think we're over the rainbow with uh, Judy Garland, um, but not. We're here and now, the spirit world, worlds within worlds. So when you pass out of the spirit world, there is always a loved one waiting for you to guide you. And I believe it all depends as well on the state of mind when you pass over. So you've died in a traumatic way. There is what we call a hospital um, waiting room aside until you come to terms with passing to the spirit world. You don't have a physical body, it is mind. But because you think in the terms of body, you do have one. But it is your spiritual body, not a physical one. And as you begin to become aware of that, usually at the beginning, people still relate to the earth plane. So as we said, a world of thought. So if I want a pint of beer or a cigarette, I can think of it. If I want a home, a house, I think of it how I want it. Of course, unfortunately, there's no sex. Um, some people may say that's a good thing. And I know that this world of thought, of course, that's what links us to the spirit world. So gradually as you progress, and I believe light goes or attracts like. So you cannot be... Um, a spiritual giant if you're really a spiritual dwarf because many people talk great spiritual things but in their soul they've done nothing with their life all they've done is think about self or in like a lot of religions um, they've been horrible all their lives and then five minutes before they die they go have a confession absolved of all sins to me that's nonsense you have to pay good or bad retribution for good or bad whatever you've done and if you're not a very nice person i'm not talking about hell i'm talking about you'll be with like-minded people so you'll be with other people that are not so nice of the same it's no different from this world if you're a medium you usually associate with medium if you're a lawyer you have lawyers around you so it's that type of thing i'm talking about and but in spiritual terms so um you'll be with like-minded people you kind of go higher when i say that i don't like it um because i don't believe in highs and lows in spiritual terms you are where you are so as you progress and begin to have an understanding that life does go on and that word eternal oh it seems such a long time doesn't it 
but I feel that we evolve. Ah, life does go on. Then we begin to work in a spiritual way, perhaps by helping people on this life. People talk about guardian angels, people, whatever shape or form it may take. You may help people with nature, with gardens, this nursing, become a guide for someone. If he was a doctor, perhaps to show them. Uh, so there's so many different aspects. It, music, the beautiful things like painting. You can be inspired by spirit people. And as you begin to become more spiritual in the spirit world, that's how you evolve and move on. Remember, there is no time in the spirit world. So it's time is man-made. So gradually and slowly, we progress back to group soul, to reincarnate, or eventually, I think, back to the Godhead, where everything comes from. But that makes me think too much. Um, and I think sometimes we think too much about the spirit world. And I always teach, don't worry about it. You will be there one day. This is your spirit world now. You are spirit in a physical body. This body is like a spacesuit that enables you to live in this environment. And live this life. This is the spirit world now. And you should be more interested in what's going on in your life now than when you pass over. But in saying that, be aware, my father's house has many mansions. You're putting into place with what you do now for when you pass over. So, as we said before, a spiritual dwarf cannot be a spiritual giant. So do your best in this life. Not goody two-shoes, but just be in there when needed you only need to help one old lady across the road you've grown you only need to give one kind word you've grown but don't destroy it all there's no going back it's all going forward the spirit world is the spirit world here now and always I just have some um, few questions to ask you. In our sleep, yes, are we uh, visiting the spiritual world or the spirit world? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the 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 way I liken it is when you go to sleep is um, it's like an unbiblical cord. You go out and wander with spirit. That's why many people, a lot of people are too, should we say, have too many preconceived ideas. So that when they're, in the, they're awake, anything spiritual, oh, no, no, no. So when they, they dismiss their families, when they come close to them, oh, they can't be, it's my imagination. So when they're asleep, it gives the spirit world, that, but it, that sounds strange, the spirit, your loved ones, it gives your loved ones the opportunity to come to you and say hello to you. And people say, oh, I dreamed of my mum last night. They didn't dream of it. You were always with your mum. And she was talking to you. 
and can give you information. There's been so many countless times when people had some wonderful information to help them in their lives um, where their loved ones have come through so I feel that this unbiblical cord out we go we can have a wander and actually there are mediums that have trained themselves to do this where they can go and see what's happening in fact the Russians and the Americans use this um, when they used to spy on each other um, which has now been documented as well and um, I feel that sometimes, you know, when we go out wandering, and have you ever felt the next morning you've woken up and you feel groggy? I feel that's when you've, perhaps you, the physical bodies begin to awaken and we have to rush that last bit to get back in so we're not aligned properly. So it, it usually takes me um, till about midday, one o'clock, to get realigned again and feel as though I'm going. And I feel that's when the, the spirit has left the body and comes back on that unbiblical cord pulling you back again. And perhaps, because my mind goes off on tangents when I think of things like that, and I'm perhaps thinking about it, I wonder if that's sometimes when people die in their sleep, when there's nothing wrong with them. The mind thinks wonderful things, doesn't it? It could be that they didn't go back in time. But of course, Scientists and doctors, they would dismiss that immediately. But it's never thought, isn't it? And that's the whole point of mediumship. An open mind. No preconceived ideas. So that you are able to think for yourself. Mm, yeah, that feels right. Or it doesn't. And through knowledge and education, you can throw things away. Or you can say, right now I understand it. But I don't usually throw anything away. I put it on the back burner until I can understand it a little bit more. So let's talk a little about your school. You have a mediumship school here in Denmark. I have two. You have two. Um, well, not yet. Um, the English School of Mediumship in Copenhagen in Østerport. Did I say that correctly? Østerport. Østerport. Um, in Ustbangad. Ustbanegade. I've learned, I'm trying. Tag for me. Tag for me. And Ul. Of course you need that one. I do. Um, and I was so proud when that started. Um, and we've had some wonderful students. We're now in our fourth year. And we give what I feel is the basis, a good basis for mediumship. Um, we start from the beginning, sitting, unfolding, opening up, what to get people balanced. Um, and I usually say to people, when you finish with the spirit world, close down. Um, the spirit world has intelligence. They will listen to you. And that's the first thing. I, you cannot work for the spirit world 24 hours of the day. You've got life. You may want to. No. But usually if the spirit world's coming to you after you've closed down, you need a psychiatrist, not a medium. And um, you have to get things balanced. We teach that balance. We teach how to open up. What type of medium you are? Are you clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient? Are you, do you have the ability? We do trance. Because I bring mediums, some of the top mediums from the UK over. Um, 
and we teach about trance, physical mediumship, everything to do with mediumship. Um, and we've had some great results. And um, I'm, I'm proud of all my students. But um, when I did the uh, the folk center and um, a demonstration with Maya Frieda, I was so proud. Although she did her usual wonderful stuff, and then she starts the link to the spirit world. I was so pleased with that. And of course, with Luna Hertz as well. And uh, we've we had some wonderful results. People now going around in Denmark. Because you have a great history of mediumship and physical mediumship. People don't know this. And where my school is, the other school in Aarhus at the Lucent House. And the, we just started that this year uh, with Bettina. Uh, the first course is in March or April, I'm not sure. Um, she has some wonderful books going back with the pioneers of mediumship here in Denmark absolutely brilliant but unfortunately it got lost along the way and now I feel that in starting the school there is some wonderful schools in Denmark I met some wonderful psychics here uh, or clairvoyants as they call them themselves absolutely brilliant but now that the beating sheets begin to take off, I think people are interested in that as well. So it brings another string to their bow that they are able to help people in that respect. So, and I feel that with the school, we can give them a first-class grounding in mediumship, all aspects of it, that will not only enable them to help other people, but it will also enable them to help themselves and if anyone wants to come along they can either go to my website www.billycook.tk or I've got the English one which is www.billycook.co.uk or they can contact Rene Thomason on Clarsen at cablemail.dk I forget his phone number but he will be able to get it from there. It's also on the websites. Yeah, and you can read it uh, in my show notes to this interview. So oh, there right. we will link to everything. Right. And of course, with Rene, I must just give a plug for it while I'm here. I don't know if you've heard about the, the wonderful new Copenhagen Spiritual Festival. Uh, it looks great. And that's going to be a great weekend. Marion Dampish Jean's fantastic. Um, Gordon Smith, I don't know if you've heard of Gordon Smith here, but with his programs, he's a dear friend of mine. He's coming over. Maya, Luna, myself, um, the guy that does the, the Buddhist thing, the Lama here in, um, and of course the wonderful Monique, um, who's a very spiritual lady that sings. So it, um, and sh uh, the Indians, um, so we can have a Wild West theme there as well. Or not we, I'm just part of it. It's Rennie and Reagan Peterson that's running it. But it's a privilege to be asked to go to such wonderful mediums and sharing a platform with them. So it looks like that's going to be an exciting weekend as well. Looking forward to it. You were talking about that uh, for many years you you joined a circle. Yeah. Is that the way we all should go if you, we want to uh, develop our psychic abilities or become a medium? Or the, the home circle is good. 
I believe it's different here in Denmark. Back in the UK, we have a medium, a proper trained medium that would take a circle. I feel that sometimes in circles, it is the blind leading the blind. Where people with little or no experience, oh, let's have a circle and talk to the spirit world. And it's just fantasy. If they're going to sit in a circle, they need a reputable psychic medium, depending what they're sitting in circle for. If they're sitting for mediumship, are they sitting as a healing circle? Do they want to develop trance? Do they want to develop physical? Or is it just mediumship, healing? So many different things to develop. And they need to have a reputable medium that can help them develop their gifts. That's why at the school, I get them when I'm not there to sit in circle together. So some of the exercises that we've done, they can continue. So I do feel that circles are important, but I feel it's got to be by a reputable medium that takes them. Someone that knows their stuff. Not talking about being a medium on the rostrum, or should we say in front of the public, developing it in that way. But that someone has a good name, knows their stuff, has a good education. Um, because you will come up in circles with people that perhaps don't understand it, and you've got to deal with them. Where they may have a bad experiences um, because of their weak mind. But in saying that, I have never, ever, in all the years I've been doing this work, seen anything bad from the spirit world. Some people say they see weird and wacky and... I've never, ever. And I think that tells me more about the person when they see strange things than it does about the spirit world. So there's nothing bad about the spirit world. Of course there'll be bad people there, like we have here. But as an experience, a medium, taking a circle and working with it, you'd learn how to deal with it. The same as you would in this life. Wouldn't it be wonderful to do those things that Linda Blair did in The Exorcist? But I'm afraid that's pure Hollywood, like a lot of the things that are written about the spirit world are. Fantasies or someone else's journey. It's time to make your own. I would just like to say that if anyone is thinking of developing mediumship or anything to do with spiritual, make sure it's really what they want. Don't play at it. It's not a game. It's serious, but it's fun. And if you are going to develop it, as we said just now, make sure that you go to a reputable teacher and that you learn your trade. Many people, when they develop or start to develop, they want to go out too soon. My teacher said to me after two years, okay, Billy, now we start linking with the spirit world properly. I said, what do you mean? I've been giving messages. She said, yes, you have, not the spirit world. 
And many people seem to think they're very undeveloped that once they start, they can start giving messages. It's a long pathway. It takes discipline and dedication and love. Once again, that's the basis of all mediumship, an old-fashioned word called love. If you don't work with love in your mediumship, it means nothing. And for those of you that are beginning that pathway, I send my love to you because I know how difficult it will be. But be strong, be patient, that magic word that we tell all our students, and you will find that the rewards, those rewards of being of service to the spirit world, far outweigh the negative ones. Good luck, God bless, happy mediumship. With these words, I will thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's lovely meeting you. Thank you. Good luck with your work.